Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with the Lewises and we are telling um, of their story. They're telling their story um, about what God has done uh, through their daughter, Natalie, through this horrific accident that happened while she was having heart surgery. If you missed the first part of that on Monday, go back and listen to that. Um, and there's so much more to tell with this story. Um, it was kind of funny because Deanne, you kind of jumped to the other day she had this picture in her bedroom of the doctor and, yes. and so it, it, it's neat to just see okay there's another end to this story um, yes. of something Amen. that it, it should not have ended this way um, but we serve an incredibly big God an incredibly faithful God and even when things don't go the way that we want them to go he is still faithful and he is still loving and so we're going to continue mm-hmm. talking about that story but before we do I want to say thank you to our sponsor BJU Press Homeschool no parent should homeschool alone You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Well, Deanne and Curtis, thank you for being back with us again today. Um, I love that we have both of you because it's so fun to get the different perspectives. And Deanne, you kind of ended your part of the story on Easter. Mm-hmm. It was so it was Easter Sunday. She had the surgery on Good Friday. Um, mm-hmm. Everything just went wrong, um, you know, beyond what anyone could ever have imagined. Uh, I, I assume that this physician, um, this surgeon who is operating on her, he probably had not, not had not had this happen to him before. No. Um and so I can imagine what an incredibly scary thing that would be for him to have to walk in and, and come to you. He did not have to face you. I'm certain of it. He yeah. could have hidden behind a wall. He could have said to his staff, you know, I need you to go talk to these parents and I'm out. Yeah. But instead he was courageous enough to come in and face you guys. And because he did that, he has had a chance to hear the gospel and had you as a family to literally wrap your arms around him and show him the love of Jesus and show this medical staff, the love of Jesus that they may never have ever seen before in all of their years of working in the medical field. And so what an incredible testimony that is in itself. So I want to fast forward to Easter Sunday. Um, So it's Easter Sunday and things were looking okay. Maybe you were a little hopeful. And then Easter Sunday, things started to kind of go downhill from there. Where, where are you now in the story? So Easter Sunday, Curtis had come actually back up for church and I was down there with Natalie. Um, and as the day kind of progressed, you know, they started to say, you know, we're not seeing what we want to see. So they had talked about extubating her, um, but they wanted to wait until they had an MRI. Um, so that held us off until Tuesday. She had the MRI and then Tuesday evening was a very hard day. Um, they just came in and gave us worst case scenario that you know, Natalie, there was no healthy part in Natalie's brain, um, that it looked like she had just been underwater, not, not, you know, being in an outpatient procedure and getting immediate care. Um, we asked about, you know, neuroplasticity and the brain rewiring and finding healthy parts. And they just said, there's no healthy parts for it to go. Um, so even that night, the doctor for just the floor, um, took us down the hall and just had the hard conversation of, you know, when we extubate Natalie tomorrow, if she can't breathe, what do you want us to do? Um, and she said, you know, we could reintubate her and sometimes waiting up to a week, um, there could be progress, 
But ultimately, we had decided uh, if she couldn't breathe that we were going to let her go. Um, so just, I mean, you're talking about like taking your daughter for a one-day procedure and thinking you'll be home and now asking questions of, will our family be able to come and say goodbye? Will our kids be able to come say goodbye? You know, she has three siblings. Right. You know, you're asking these super hard questions. Um, so the next day, Wednesday, was probably the most traumatic day of my <laughs> life, even more so mm-hmm. than just the surgery day. Um, just waiting for them to extubate her and um, waiting for her to take that breath. You know, you're just like in anticipation and, and they extubated her and she got a loud breath, God allowed her to breathe on her own. And, you know, you felt a sense of relief, but then in the days that followed, you just saw your child in extreme pain, um, which is another hard thing to swallow and see and watch. Um, and so just having hard conversations of how would you even do this at home? You know, how do you protect your other three kids from seeing this? Um, just a lot of hard conversations. Um, and that's when they ended up sedating her cause they were just throwing medicine after medicine at her body and it was doing nothing. So they moved her back down to an ICU floor so that she could be on a sedative drip. And, um, they told us, you know, this is a good time for you to go visit your other kids. So I think we took about a day and a half and came home together. Um, but when we went back, one of the nurses said, you know, I, I feel like she smiled at me. <laughs> We're just like, oh, wow. Oh, right. You know, that, <laughs> that was the one thing that they had told us. We hope that she could smile. Yeah. And so over the next couple of days, she became more alert and, um, was smiling, um, yeah. seemed to be showing like understanding and cognition. Um, and that kind of carried on through the next couple of weeks as she, so they kind of had to go really high on the sedation and then they came slowly, weaned her off of the sedation and then sent her to a normal peds floor where she had to have a G-tube surgery um, because she had completely lost the ability to eat. Um, mm. And they told us, you know, that was, they anticipated that being lifelong, that she would need that. Mm. Um so we had the G2 procedure on that floor, and then we ended up going to the rehab facility they have there. Um, and we were there for just a short time. And Natalie had no neck control. Um, so one night sh- I was there with her, and she started vomiting um, after one of the feeds and vomited so hard she was coughing up blood. Um, and I was like screaming for help and no one could hear me. Um, so I'm like trying to roll her on her side so that she doesn't choke on it. And yeah, I ended up having to call Curtis and he came running back from the Ronald McDonald house. Um, but yeah, just another scary moment where you're just thinking, how are we going to handle this long term? Um, at this point, her heart had, they had repaired the heart. So her heart was fine. But now we're talking about brain injury because she lost yeah. that oxygen to her brain, right? So, okay, yeah. so we'll talk more about that. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. 
Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Curtis and Deanne. Um, so before the break, we were talking about how she, her, her heart was healed. Did And just kind of a quick side note, were they able to repair the heart? Were, did they end up doing what you went there for them to do with her heart? So they had... We were kind of, that was kind of a big question mark for a while. Um, they felt like that they had hand taken care of the nerve, but they weren't a hundred percent sure. So okay. it was, everything was looking good. You know, she was on the monitor. She wasn't taking any medication for it. Um, but it was, uh, we, we think it's good, but <laughs> we don't but really now she's know. got this brain injury. And yes. so I imagine that that would, the stress on her body would then cause heart issues as well. So now you're in a phase of trying to deal with brain injury. Yeah, yes. we're not dealing with any anything heart doesn't, you know, that's not even concerning us right now. It's just the brain right. injury. They call it a HIE uh, brain injury. And um, yeah, and it's just all because it didn't have oxygen uh, during that time. Yeah. Okay, so now she's, you're still in the hospital with her. Curtis comes running back from the Ronald McDonald house. Yeah. Yes. I come running back and there's blood everywhere and there's oh. people in there. I've never ran that quickly in my life. I realized I was way out of shape. Um, oh, wow. And uh, we got there and, you know, essentially rehab's not ICU, right? So mm-hmm. if Deanne's not sleeping there, um, she dies. You know, she asphyxiated yeah. and, you know, and she, yeah, it's just crazy. So they they obviously can't have us in there with that. So they send us back over to the, the hospital side. side. At that point. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, that was just a, scur- a discouraging time. You know, you, <laughs> we sure. loved the people on the hospital side, but we were thankful to be not there <laughs> yeah. and then to just be put back there. And we were there for probably at least over a week again. Um, and then she was sent back to the rehab side and, uh, you know, just uh, imagine a kiddo that looks like she understands basics of what is going on, but cannot communicate it in any way, you know, and like, you can see her processing and trying and just, it's, she's like, why isn't this working the way it used to work? Um, confusion for her trying to explain, um, you know, it's just, just a lot for not only us, but a five-year-old. She went in yeah. on uh, April 2nd talking and having fun and playing in the bath. And the next time she remembers something, she's lost everything. Um, she can't yeah. She can't even manage her saliva. She chokes on her saliva because she's, wow. the injury, the, a huge part of it was to the basal ganglia. So it's like, they can't deal with any of the motor stuff. So yeah. it's, yeah, it was quite shocking. But the, the thing that I feel like um, she never lost is her eyes. She like really speaks with her eyes. Um, and even in that process with all the drugs and everything, it was like, man, she's, she's still there. It's almost like she's trapped in there. Um, yeah. and, but man, she, her beautiful eyes are still speaking to us. Wow. Did she recognize you? 
I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, so. I think I know the nurses would say it was interesting because one of the nights that she was in a lot of pain, we had this bunny that we had made for her and recorded our voices. And the nurse was just playing it over and over again. And she just said, she recognized your voice. I could tell. And it was mm-hmm. one of those things that people would say, this is what I think, but you don't know if they're just giving you hope or, you know, right. if they're just trying to say nice things and you're wanting to be hopeful yet, you know, like there's no promise that God is going to heal her. Um, there's no guarantee. So it's this really difficult position to be in, to pour out your entire heart into praying for healing hmm. yet knowing statistically and mathematically, you know, all the science wise, it doesn't make any sense to pray for that. So trying to not put your heart in a place where you are praying so fervently and hard for something that you say this will happen because you know that's not guaranteed. So it's a really hard place to be in um, because you're hoping for healing. You miss talking to your daughter. You know, you speak, you're trying to speak for her and anticipate what she wants to say. And, you know, we've all been on medications and we know how much it can affect us or make us feel altered. And this kid's on nine medications. I mean, a little five-year-old on these medications that would would take anybody Mm -hmm. down um, is a lot. So we ended up being at the rehab and, I mean, they would have to do therapies in the dark for her because it was just overstimulating for her. We couldn't have the janitor come in and change the trash in the room because it would just agitate her, just the slight noise of the trash bag crinkling and rumpling. We would have to remind people like, you need to talk quietly or you need to calm calm yourself down because it's just too much for her. Um, and she wasn't allowed to go outside because there was the COVID regulations. So being trapped in a hospital room, we at least get to get up and go out and she's stuck in the bed. Um, and can't even, there's not even really a comfortable chair or seat or wheelchair for her to relax in. Um, can't do anything with your hands. I mean, her hands would, even when she was in the wheelchair, we had like a boppy pillow that we would rest her hands on and they would just fall (laughs) because she had zero control of her hands. And that's how we were going to go home. Um, we were going to take her home. She had at least calmed down from that painful dystonia and storm. They call it storming. And, um, you know, after a couple of weeks in the rehab, we were prepared to take her home that way. Yeah. You know what? We are out of time. <laughs> it goes so quickly. We're going to come back tomorrow. We're going to finish up this story um, and take people to where Natalie is today. Um, and then, like I said on Monday, I want to talk just a little bit at, at the end of tomorrow's episode about um, just how you have dealt with all of this and homeschooled at the same time. And you've had three other kids at home. And so you have still continued to be mom, dad, husband, wife, um, all the things at the same time as taking care of Natalie. And so I want to talk through how the Lord has gotten you to that point. So thank you guys so much for being with us again today. Um, you guys can find the book at their website. Tell us again, the website, Curtis. Prayfornatalie.com. Okay, great. And you can follow them on Facebook as well, um, along with myself. So we'll put those links in the show notes. If you guys have not yet signed up for the Schoolhouse Rocked newsletter, be sure to do that, schoolhouserocked.com. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both 
watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.